Tom Fortino, founder and principal at the Alpha Wealth Group, comes in once in a while into our studio. You hear him Sunday mornings with Elise Glink on WGN Radio at 7 a.m. Nice to see you again. It's very nice to see you. I was kind of chiding you for not wearing some Valentine's Day appropriate red tie or something like that. Yeah, I know, I'm, but uh, it's in the heart still. How about that? <laughs> And then he kicked it back at me and goes, well, where's your red tie? And I went, I looked at myself, I've got brown on, so I guess I missed the boat too. Although our guest a little while ago, actually on the Wintrust Business Lunch, said that essentially Valentine's Day needs to be a cash-only holiday with credit cards averaging 23% right now. If you have to put dinner and a date on a credit card and you don't pay that off, then you shouldn't go. I know that's kind of sound advice, but there's pressure to perform for people on Valentine's Day. And at the end of the day, take 23% and add it to the bill. Yeah. If you don't have the cash for it, and maybe you don't, then don't. Well, you know, this is a true story. I did this this year. I was going to buy a greeting card, and I just couldn't. It was $8.50. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I know this sounds sorry. But... I think Valentine's Day is one of the easiest holidays because if you do things personally, like you cook, or you, so I made my own Valentine's Day card for my wife. He went out and bought scissors and construction <laughs> paper, and by the time he got done buying all the art supplies, he was out eighteen fifty. <laughs> Maybe not. I've done that before too. I have made my own Valentine's Day card. Um, I think. Let's see. Today is one. It's a one. A little after one o'clock. It's one thirteen. Uh, between now and 5 o'clock, you're going to see a lot of guys walking into Walgreens <laughs> and looking at the racks, seeing what's left, picking something out. Hey, it's amazing how expensive those cards can it get. It is. Now. It's shocking. And, and so that was it was $8.50. And I know it sounds crazy. Maybe it's, but I just couldn't do it. And so I've said I'm going to start making my own cards going forward. I told you off the air that on the business lunch that I was referring to the last month, We've had people on that say that really they think the economy, a lot of the indicators are good. Things are going to mm-hmm. go And others who say the other, uh, what is it, shoe's going to drop or mm-hmm. whatever, that it's, sure. it, the worst is yet to come. I, you know, and really then, yeah. what are you talking about? Inflation or interest rates or jobs or investments in, in markets and retirement accounts? I mean, some of those things could do well this year. Sure. And maybe some of them not. So I guess my problem, Tom, is when I say, how are things going to be this year, what are you talking about? Some mm-hmm. things might be good, some things might be bad. Right, right. And so that's the whole thing, that the conundrum, I guess, when we take a look at the average investor. It's like CPI came out today. What does that mean? We have retail sales. We have all this data. And you can get bogged down in that, but most of the time, you're, you're not going to make huge moves on these things. And the reality is nobody knows the future. That's the reality. And so as an average investor, again, you can't be making wholesale changes, I think, to our detriment. And we've seen that's why the average investor underperforms. So really, uh, you know, we don't know if it's going to be a hard landing, soft landing. I mean, I think what undergirds the market right now, there is concern and there are going to be headwinds. But it's just, you know, not to be uh, oversimplified here, but it's, again, just having a plan you can stick to. I think we were talking about this earlier um, you know, maybe you nibble around the edges where there's opportunities where you can say, hey, the market's down here. I'm going to maybe go in and buy a stock or I'm going to have more exposure to technology and buy an ETF, exchange-traded fund. There's a, these opportunities that you can take advantage around the periphery, but you still have to stick with that core portfolio. That's what I believe. It seems to me the two areas of 
tangible concern would be inflation, because you feel that every time you go to buy eggs Mm -hmm. and gas. And then the other thing is how the markets are performing generally, because if you've got a pension or if you've got some sort of 401k or mutual funds, most of us aren't going to be buying stocks. Right. Then how are the markets going to do? Are we ever Mm -hmm. going to get back to 39? So start with the first one, inflation. What's your, are you, it's coming down. It's coming down. I mean, it peaked at 9.1%. I think that was the July reading. It's at 6.4. They expected it at 6.2. But if you go back and you look, you think about it. When you go back to Nixon, Ford, Carter, it wasn't until we had a decade or more of high inflation rates. Now, the market performed in those times. But so, again, it's not that the market can't perform and that you abandon the market. Um, And, yes, the inflation is going down. I think, you know, going forward, I don't. You know, is it going to flatten out a little bit here? I mean, again, this is my thoughts on it. I think it's there, you know, from the essentials where you look at food costs, I think it's not going to go down to the 2% target rate the Fed wants anytime soon. Not this year. I don't think so. That's my opinion. You're not alone in saying that. Um, but oh, so, so people are going to feel the pinch for the rest of the year. It is going to cost them more maybe than the raise they got mm-hmm. to buy the things that they normally need. They're going to have I less agree. money in their pocket. They're going to have less money to invest. Um, and then about people's investments, though, <clears throat> what's your forecast for the stock market generally in the next year? Well, again. <laughs> you, and I know you don't like that question. I won't hold you to this. Uh-huh. But if, if the Fed manages things correctly, Lord knows people are employed. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think there's going to be, certainly without saying where it's going to be at the end of the year, I think there's going to be volatility this year. I mean, the market's certainly trying to, I mean, you say today's news, which which wages were up, CPI was higher than expected, the market still kind of, you know, didn't, people maybe expected it to go down much more. So it's really trying to sustain itself. But I think there's still going to be some volatility. I think there's going to be some rough numbers coming out in the future. So it's just hold on and try to stick to what you can as far as your understand what your portfolio is and what makes sense for you to be in exposure to growth versus fixed. And because there's, a, as we've said, there's opportunities to get some, some, some fixed rates, at least on part of the portfolio, and then look for opportunities. Are people asking you to buy certain sectors, so those uh, ETFs, is that what mm-hmm. they are? You can use exchange-traded funds for that, sure. Are they, are they coming at you and saying, hey, I, I have a, your advice to me, or I heard on the radio, was uh, I should have an exchange-traded fund focusing on finances or mm-hmm. ener- energy? Do, do they come to you with that request? That comes up either, yes, either individual stocks or sectors. You know, the beauty of the exchange-traded fund right now you can buy biotech if you want to own pharmaceuticals. You can buy healthcare in that whole healthcare industry, or you can buy healthcare. You can buy gold miners, or you can buy gold. You can have this opportunity to buy these things in your portfolios. And so, again, I always say, I caution around the periphery, maybe owning some of these things if you feel there's an opportunity. Absolutely. And so, I do have clients that we do that for where we'll put a position um, in certain stocks if there's an opportunity, or in certain sectors if there's an opportunity. Absolutely. Boy, I, I would you advise me against um, technology? It would just seem to me with all of this AI stuff that's out there and the, the world is always evolving technologically. Mm-hmm. Should I be in the NASDAQ or something or, or in some ETF that deals with these things? 
Well, the NASDAQ, technology is one of the worst performing sectors last year. This year, it's one of the best performing sectors to the point. Now, if you look over the past five years, it's the best performing sector, right, by far. And so, again, this gets back to that whole thing of being cautious. You own the NASDAQ, 50% of the NASDAQ is technology. So technically, you have a lot of technology exposure. In the S&P, it's maybe 25% of the S&P. But the point is with technology, I would, the argument with technology is it's not going away. So longer term, I, you know, I don't know how you can argue with owning technology long term. It's a 119. 312-981-7200. If you want to text in with a question or a comment, we'll continue to talk to Tom Fortino, founder and principal at the Alpha Wealth Group. You hear him and Elise Glink Sunday mornings at 7 on WGN. It's a 122 on WGN. We're talking to Tom Fortino from the Alpha Wealth Group. Listen to him Sunday morning with Elise Glink. How's the Sunday show going, by the way? going great it's it's really been nice because we're able to we have a little more time and we can cover topics a number of topics um you know as it relates to taxes to income planning to the market and so it's been nice we've got a lot of good feedback and i always say anybody who has questions we were able to answer them and so it's been good by the way speaking of um texas um you know people responding 312-981-7200 hey tom 50 cents for cards at the dollar <laughs> store 773, I would treasure a handmade Valentine's Day card over any other card you could possibly find at the store. There's so much meaning and effort behind it. But it all, I get that, and I, I'm not arguing with that. But if you just hand your wife some crappy thing you folded in a piece of construction paper and said, I love you, <laughs> uh, then that, that looks cheap. So that's the fine line that you have to sort of straddle. Speaking of where to invest, what market has been, this is from 847, what market has been especially beaten up over the past year or so that will likely come back strong? Is that technology or has that already happened? Well, the NASDAQ is, again, um, 50% technology. It's got the most exposure, and that was down over 30%, whereas the Dow was down maybe 8 and then and the S&P was down 18 So, yes, that's gotten beaten up, and that sector has gotten beaten up. So, again, longer term, is there more volatility? Yeah, with the NASDAQ. Is it more susceptible to interest rate hikes? Yes. But, you know, typically if you're looking for growth, Again, exposure to technology, that's the, that's the, um, the index. If what about, just about indexes. Stocks? I mean, during the pandemic, you couldn't get a vehicle. Uh, wh- where is that group, would you say, generally? Well, I mean, you can, if you saw recently, GM rallied. Um, Ford got kind of hit. So you maybe want to be a little selective on what, what, which stocks you're purchasing if you're going to buy the automotive industry. So it's, it's, you know, it's it's not one of the higher growth areas, I don't think, longer term. Hmm. Well, would you say that if your horizon is longer than <clears throat> two years, three years, if you have available cash, people did during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they don't now. Credit card balances are going back up. But, mm-hmm. um, would you just stay the course with just continuing to fund a mutual fund? Yeah, I mean, systematic contributions are the key, right? Where you'd continuously, we've talked about this, I think, before, John, with the dollar cost averaging. In fact, I saw yesterday Burton Malkiel, who's a Yale professor, really like a you know pioneer, big, he's re- he, re- he wrote Random Walk on Wall Street, 50-year anniversary of that, and he did a study. He said over some of the worst periods of time, even the 10 years of that lost decade from 2000 to 2010, where the market was negative, had you dollar cost average, you would have been, a pot, I think you would have averaged 5% a year. 
over that time because you're buying low, you're buying when the market's down, you may be buying high, but if you dollar cost average, systematic contributions are the are going to be your biggest uh, are going to have be the biggest uh, advantage to what you're doing. It's going to be good results. Dollar cost average in what? Well, in in just an index or in just your 401k, obviously, is most common where you're doing the systematic every two weeks or whatever it might be. But, yeah, if you can dollar cost average into any type of fund or investment. Well, what about this, though? Because when you do um, dollar cost, when you do invest in a mutual fund, say through your company or whatever, uh, they'll say, well, do you want, what's your... Um, risk level like uh i, I want to be 60 percent in equities mm-hmm. and be aggressive with maybe 80 percent equities because i'm young or no i'm only going to be 40 percent equities because i'm older mm-hmm. um do you have any advice for us on how we should blend our risk tolerance right now yeah again depending on where you're at as you said if you're nearing retirement or you're in retirement of course you want to be a little less risky there are target date funds or lifestyle funds out there the 2030s the 2040s i'm not a huge fan of those but there are a number of funds out there that will be customized for your risk tolerance. They're available to you, and you can use those. Yeah, um, but I just wonder if those are – I'll bet those have shifted in the last couple of years. I mean, my guess would be that they have pulled back from equities, that they would advise you to be more conservative right now. Or I guess the individual is determining the risk, right? They're, Correct. They're saying, here's how risky I want to be, period, right? Correct. Correct. They're not going to deviate from the way they're Whatever set up, the their allocation is. is, right? Yeah. Well, would you have advised people in the last years to everybody should have just shifted a little to the left or no? <laughs> well, I may have used this example before. I say think of it more as a dimmer switch in your portfolio, how you do things. Again, always be careful of making significant changes or having these events because we've seen historically, you know, it's to your disadvantage. So, um, You know, you can take some off the table every so often, 5% here, 10% here, but always be careful in what you're doing and just be aware and have, you know, have an action plan in place and what you're going to do because we, if you're going to get back, there's no one's, no one's going to be tapping you on your shoulder to tell you it's, it's time to get back. In time to get back in. Uh, Terry Savage took a call last week. I think it was Wednesday or maybe it was the week before, but somebody just said, I'm so nervous. I've just decided I've got to get out. I've just got to sell everything and, and, and not go down any further or not worry about growing. Just put it in cash, put it in something that's just going to sit. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry didn't love that idea. I don't suppose you do no. either. No, it's it's again I, without knowing that person's situation, it's tough. You know, you can get to a point maybe where you want to protect more of the money because you've been growing it over many years and you're gonna you're close to retirement. That's a different situation. But for the most part, you know, typically again, you can look at the history, you can look at the numbers. Those are typically where you underperform the market. The average investor has. So no, I, I think you have to be very careful when you make those moves because then the next question is okay. When do you get back in the market, and do you have an answer for that? The dimmer switch. It's an interesting <laughs> analogy. It's 128, Tom Fortino from Alpha Wealth Group. Sunday morning, 7 a.m. with Lee Glink. Nice to see you, Tom. Nice to see you too, John.